All right. Hi, my name is Shane Brody. I'm a trans man that's traveling around the country. I drove from Alaska. I, it was still snowing. It was, uh, there was about five, six inches of snow on the highway. And I have a subcompact, so I'm rather expert at driving in the snow now. Um, it was adrenaline most of the way. Uh, anyway, so I am traveling around the country interviewing trans people, non-binary people, gender non-conforming people, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, about identity, beliefs, religious, political, um, current events, that sort of thing. And I'm here in... New Hampshire. <laughs> I just traveled through several states. I was in Albany, New York, and then, you know, you go to Vermont, and then you're in New Hampshire. And I have a, what is it, a pumpkin spice apple cider. This is non-alcoholic. This is my uh, lunch drink. It's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> I got to have some pumpkin spices at some point, right? Um, it's So it's Halloween tonight, and it's very festive. And I'm here with a guest. And she's going to introduce herself, and we're going to get into conversation here. All right. Yeah. So I'm Cherie. Okay. And. <laughs> and what would be what? How would you identify? Yeah. Uh, I would identify as a trans woman. Okay. And uh, uh, are you from here? Yep. This I've area? lived in New Hampshire most of my life. Okay. Uh, brief stint in New Mexico when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, came up, went to school for a while in Massachusetts, and but yes, I always end up back here. Okay. What? So what always uh, brings you back to New Hampshire? Uh, I honestly, I just like it here. Uh, okay. I've got a lot of family here, mm. um, <clears throat> which is a, a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, outside of that, I'm really an outdoors person. Oh, and, really? Uh, this is probably one of the best places to be if you like to be outdoors. Uh, for what kind of activities? So I do a lot of hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, all four seasons doesn't matter. Oh, uh, really? Weather? Oh, yeah. No snow, sleet, rain. Do you use? Uh, do, are you do you do Nordic skiing or um, snowshoeing or something? Or? Uh, I do do. I started snowshoeing last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the thing. But for the most part, uh, with a lot of the trails that we have, especially up in the Whites, they're pretty yeah. well traveled. So micro spikes. Mm. generally all you need once okay. the snow's packed down you just give it 24 hours all the snowshoers go up and oh okay they, they smash all the they snow bring down trail for you, for you. Oh, exactly okay. and then you go up yeah. and the trail's already pretty well packed so yeah uh, you can make it up pretty easy with spikes so have you done uh nordic skiing then uh so downhill is that where we're no going nordic to? skiing is basically on the flat with little hills oh okay that's yeah. we call that it's cross-country skiing oh yeah same, <laughs> same. cross-country right mm-hmm. uh, i've done it in the past yeah uh, I don't, i'm not active with it or anything yeah. like that um even with with the activities that i do do i mean there's a lot of equipment involved and mm, it can get a little yes. pricey sometimes yeah so for for those purposes you know i try to limit to what i'm doing you know last year it was we got snowshoes so for the whole family that was probably yeah. close to about four hundred dollars yeah uh to get that together you know if we got into cross-country skiing because it's i have to think about it it's not just me that's going to be doing right. that i've got two kids okay um yeah so you know going out and that's the same reason why we generally don't downhill ski we are yeah. considering maybe getting into backcountry skiing at some point yeah um, How old are your kids? Uh, I've got Range. a nine-year-old, and okay. uh, the other one is turning thirteen a little bit. Okay, so yeah, that that too is a factor because um, skis are by weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. you buy it's just like shoes. You buy a pair, and then six months later, up, oh, you know, you have to um, go up. But um, sometimes you can find um, you can rent stuff. You can rent equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us out here looking into it. For us to go out skiing for like a day, lift mm. passes for a family, well, that's oh. a couple hundred bucks. And then yeah. you're looking at Nordic ski rentals. Do, Nordic and, doesn't require lift passes, though. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Neither does backcountry skiing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. for like, So if we were to, to go out and do that stuff, like even renting equipment, mm-hmm. it gets to a point. We have enough other stuff yeah. on our plates. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you yeah. know, between the hiking and the yeah. snowshoeing now and yes. the other things that we're doing, we're usually pretty good How about, about that. Uh, ice ice skating? Nope. nope. No time. No. <laughs> So. Yeah, I'm terrible at ice skating. I just thought I'd ask. Um, so, what do you do the other seasons? Uh, you, are so, there there like some nice little um, lakes to swim in or anything like sure. that? Sure, we'll yeah. go out. We uh, we do swimming trips. We have mm. a whitewater kayak, uh, which we just got last oh. year. We did a whitewater rafting trip. Whitewater, that's like 
that's like the dangerous stuff. Yeah. It's the fun stuff. Yeah. But uh, no. So we, the way we got into that was we went on, uh, we had a huge family road trip that we did a couple okay. of years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, COVID's you still happening. Uh, we went basically all over the Northeast. We went from here out to like Niagara Falls, went down into Pennsylvania. Okay. okay. So um, you just made like a loop. Yeah. Around. We made a huge loop, mm. you know, came back up through like New York, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in Connecticut. Uh, I agree. <laughs> except for um, traffic cops. There's a lot of those. Right. <laughs> they Lots of speed <clears throat> traps. Yeah, fortunately, I wasn't the one driving at the time. So. And and also signs with rules on them. There's right. a, quite a few of those. Anyway. Yeah, so um, so yeah, no, we came back up uh, up through that way. And while we were out, um, one of the places we stopped at was Au Sable Chasm, mm, I which know is, that is, it's just on the other side of the Vermont border into New York. Mm. Um, it's a really, really cool place. And is it up north or is it more like along it's the It's right across Lake tree? Champlain. Like we took, uh, oh, we took the ferry north. across. Okay. I mean, there's places like, you know, even right here uh, where I live, which is right next to Concord. Yeah. You know, we've got a great hiking spot that we go to mm. uh, after work sometime up on Great Hill. It's yeah. the second highest point in, in our town. And you get up to the top and you look out and you can see nothing but forests. And wow. we're right next to the capital. So there's probably within 10 miles of that spot, there's going to be... I don't know, 40, 50,000 people that live there, and right. you can't see anything but trees. You can see out as far as Mount Washington. You're talking about Manchester? Manchester? Uh, no, we're near Concord. Okay. So, okay. yeah, Manchester is like 100 and something thousand people. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, but we're right next to Concord, the capital, in, yeah. which I think is like 40 or 50,000 people mm-hmm. um, that live there or something like that. I don't know. I don't have the statistics. Sure. Pretty small. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and the town that I live in right next to it, we're about 12,000 people here. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you get up to the top of there and you can see hills. You can see mountains in the distance. You can see a lot of trees. There's like one smokestack and then, you know, some power lines going through. But that's it. You can't even see anybody's house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from up there and you're about 800 feet up so yeah and this time of year is just so beautiful with all the, the oh, changing yes. leaves and even i like the trees that just completely lose their leaves and you see you know the growth form of the branches and and that sort of thing i really like that and where it's kind of mixed there's some trees that have still their foliage there's probably different species or whatever oh of course yeah yeah and then and then the ones that have completely gone bare i like that kind of mix and i like the coolness of this time of year to this morning there was some ice on my car it was nice yeah but then it warmed up and now it's 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 fine i imagine where you're from there's a lot of ice on cars Yes, actually, yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, what's the latitude here? I don't know, 40-something? Uh, yeah, we're we're up there, but not anywhere yeah. near as up as you are. Yeah, this it's like 20 degrees latitude difference. We still so. get eight hours of daylight in December, so. Yeah, sorry, we just <clears throat> ate, so I'm like, there's stuff in my teeth. Um, thank you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, my pleasure. Yeah, it was great. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about your uh, being a trans person. Okay. okay? Uh, when did you first um, have ideas or feelings about that? So that's a great question. And um, there's a couple of different answers to that. Mm-hmm. So if it was when I finally came to terms with it and was fully able to accept myself and realize what was going on, mm-hmm. uh, that was actually this past January. Mm. So uh, not a very long time ago, right. but through you know sitting down, talking things through and kind of thinking things out. Uh, it was probably there as early as age five. Okay. Um, like I can remember. Were you how... talking to people about that? Yeah. But I mean, the thing was, is that, um, you know, I'm in my forties and yeah. so yeah, at the time there wasn't a lot, especially around in my family and stuff that mm-hmm. people knew about trans people. Yeah. I remember when I came out to my mom, um, you know, one of the things, you know, that she was like, yeah, I mean, there were signs, but. Mm. You know, we didn't know what to even say, what to talk sure. about. We didn't have the language for that. Sure, that was, that was the 80s, right? Yeah, that would, yeah. Have, been, that mm-hmm. would have been the, the early to mid 80s. Yeah. And, um, you know, so uh, it's one of those things when I did ask her if she was surprised, she was like, no. Yeah. Did you experience uh, any, I don't know, um, did anybody say anything bad to you uh, about that sort of thing, about who you were? Uh, <clears throat> so at times things would, things would happen. Like I remember... Mm-hmm. Um, like I had a nickname uh, from some people. They would call me Judy Ray, which was similar to uh, my dead name. Oh, okay. Um, same kind of initials. Sure. So, um, 
so yeah, there were, like I said, I mean, there were definitely signs, you know, we, we joke, like when I talk with other trans people, we always joke about, oh, there were no signs, uh, which that's usually right after we say something that was very obvious oh. that we were, uh, that we were very obviously trans even back then. Sure. But well, well, it's a, it's a joke line. It's like, yeah. but there were no signs. Well, tell me about that from a trans woman's experience. Cause my experience of being a trans man is very different. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's usually starkly different because, uh, Girls, uh, if they display athleticism and um, do things that boys do, uh, at least in the culture now and the the past few decades, like the 80s and 70s, mm-hmm. um, that was a thing. That was just part of the culture. You know, right. there were tomboys on TV and TV shows like Jodie Foster often played a, a tomboy or um, who was it? Uh, Tatum, Tatum O'Neill, you know, and the Bad News Bears, etc. You know, it was part of the culture. Yeah, we tell girls and women you can be anybody you want. That's right. And that's right. Feminism. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Real and, feminism. Real right. feminism. And with boys, we're very much like, oh, no, no, you can't do that. That's you right. You shouldn't do that. Stop that's right. It. There's fear. There's fear mm-hmm. around that. And I don't, I don't understand. I've never understand. I've never understood why. So what is that experience for you as a, as a trans woman, as a child, like to have like fear around, you know, fears around you and people saying maybe things to you. Right. So, I mean, understand that at the time I didn't realize that I was trans. Um, oh, of course. You know, I, of course. I certainly felt wrong. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, yeah. In the standard stuff, you know, I'd go to bed at night wishing that I could be a girl and stuff like okay. that. So um, that was there, but I never recognized that as trans. I didn't have the language for it. I didn't have anybody that I could talk to about it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was one of those things that I just, you know, bottled up outwardly. I mean, things would leak out. I think about, um, probably from the time that I was like 10, 11, maybe 12, I couldn't take off my shirt anymore to go swimming. I could not have told you why. Mm. Um, you know, the shirts and skins basketball games. That's the experience (sighs) I had as well. I did not take off my shirt when going swimming. Right. So, I mean, um, (laughs) so there were, you know, things like that. I I think of like the shirts and skins basketball pickup games that I used to go to. I'd get dragged out with the guys and, you know, Uh, we'd be doing stuff. Locker rooms were, oh my God, extremely uncomfortable for mm. me. And again, I couldn't have told you, like Mm. if somebody had been like, hey, how come, you know, you have, you know, these, these issues with this? Why can't you take off your shirt? I would have been like, I don't know. Did you like, just I just wanna, don't, I don't feel good about that. Did you just want to hide in those situations? Like, did you oh, find, absolutely. oh my God, did you find the locker that was furthest away or did you delay going there or something? Yeah. Or yeah, I would, I would try very hard not to, not to like get undressed and, mm. and things like that. So, yeah. you know, looking back on it now, I can recognize, uh, I can recognize the dysphoria, Yeah. you know, with, you know, body and gender. Um, you know, again, at the time I didn't have the language for it, so yeah. I was experiencing it, but I didn't know what that was. What are some of these other things that? Um, that I guess you could mention about like coping skills, I guess, or survival skills during that time. Um, I mean, you know, as far as it goes, I, you know, I can remember being in like high school Mm -hmm. and, you know, just being gay in high school would be, I mean, that would get your butt kicked. Right. Like like there was, there was violence against that. And, and, you know, like being gay just was a slur and things like that. And I wasn't gay and I never thought that I was gay. Um, Mm -hmm. That you would know, have been, what, the mid-90s? At this point, yeah, we're yeah. talking the early to mid-90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I graduated high school in the mid-90s and went to college from there. So, um, yeah. I and think, really, LGBT rights, uh, I mean, it's been a long struggle for decades, you know, and right. longer than that. But um, it didn't really coalesce until, like, the late 90s and oddies, you know, uh, with getting, like, good laws on the books and corporations having non-discrimination policies and that sort of thing. So even like the mid nineties, it's still kind of not the best situation. um, But again, I mean, not identifying as gay, like that was never anything that really entered into my mind at the time. Like Mm -hmm. I knew I was different. I knew that I felt wrong in a lot of ways, especially, you know, being male, but, um, so you didn't connect with the queer community. No, I didn't. So Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I did not have, um, really any gay friends. I remember like, you know, my first year of college, I got wrapped up into a debate in some class that I had mm. where a friend of mine who was gay um, and and I like we, you know, had a debate against each other on gay rights and I ended up pulling the straw for the ante. Like that's something that I feel shame about to this day. Really? For, for well, I mean. Well, it's an assignment. Right. So. It was an assignment. Yeah. You know, I kind of had to do it. I, you know, he ended up winning and I was very happy for that. Yes. But it was one of those things that I didn't really even want to do that or feel right. comfortable with it. And it's something like, you know, yes, it was an assignment. And, and but, 
I think about we wouldn't even have an assignment like that today. And also, yeah, but we're having that discussion now about trans rights, right? Right. Uh, why even why even debate people's rights though? People should just have rights. Well, that is kind of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like everybody should have, you know, just a certain just, yeah, just have <laughs> your basic rights. Yeah. And, you know, the whole where it's a debate or something like that. Like me having rights doesn't really take anything away yeah. from anyone else. And it's not really debatable. I mean, right. other people's opinion about that don't, doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. I mean, what do we want? We want the same things that like people just take for granted. Like yes. I want to be able to, to walk downtown and not be yeah. harassed. Ha- get a job. Right. I want to be able out of housing exactly Mm -hmm. uh you know like the kind of things that a lot of people just take for granted yeah and you know end up getting taken away from us or or we get discriminated against because somebody's uncomfortable because we're transgender or whatever the case is yeah and yeah so that we have to have debates for this that we have to fight for this i mean it's it's really kind of upsetting but it's not like we're the first group that's ever had to do that yeah uh and there's plenty of people that are still fighting for that that's right yeah right now and also i mean it seems like we've gone through kind of this cycle too of like things have gotten better Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden they've gotten really a lot worse you know, I would say within, with visibility, people feel more threatened, I think. With and visibility. Uh, but then also like, um, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure why the Republican Party has gotten so bad. I mean, when I was younger, they weren't that great either, but they're really bad now. I mean, they're just overtly um, trying to harm people. I feel know? like politics in general, and mm. this is this is my own personal view, sure. but... Um, I feel like a lot of times when you've got a party like, you know, if you look at the Republican platform right now, I mean, they can't yes. really come out and say that they want to cut Social Security. They can't come out and say that they want to you know, defund a lot of programs and stuff that yeah. people really, really want to re- rely on. So you make a boogeyman, right? Mm. I mean, we've been doing that since, what, the dawn of time. I yes. mean, in the 1800s, it was Irish people, right? right, right. And then, you know, you go up through the Slavic 20th century, it, like whatever it was. There yes. always has to be an other. And this yes. is like, yeah, all right, we understand. We're kind of crapping on you right now. But hey, look at these guys are even worse. Right. right. Like, let's get mad at that. I, a lot of this stuff, I honestly believe, I, I don't know that a lot of these politicians really care that much about us yeah. or, well, or hate us as much as it's just something to distract people from. It's like, yeah. oh, hey, here's this boogeyman that you all need to worry about. Be very afraid of these people. Mm-hmm. Right. As we're picking your pockets, as we're right. giving uh, PPP loans to people who do not need them. Right. <laughs> and who voted to give themselves money. Um, right. You know, uh, Basically, we're we're stuck in this crony capitalism that you know funds wars all over the place. I mean, we've been in pretty much perpetual war since what two thousand? No, I mean it even yeah. goes back further than that in the nineties. I mean Iraq and yeah. you know, I mean when does it? When do we just you know have some peace at some point? <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's. I I don't know. Yeah, I could go on and on and on about that. <laughs> Uh, I I wonder if the PPP loan thing is actually going to radicalize some people. It's because it's it's really know. awful. No, I mean I think it is what it is. I think just like bank bailouts in the two thousand eight situation, like people yeah. just kind of get over it, and then yeah. there'll I lost be something bus- else to talk about. I lost a business during that time. I didn't get any help. You know, <laughs> well, you weren't quick enough, I guess. Yeah, well, I wasn't slimy enough. I, you know, <laughs> right. <clears throat> so anyway, um, so. Uh, speaking of that, you you work in uh, the financial sector. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. I work for a relatively large firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so yeah. I mean that's been something where uh, I'm only actually recently um, out as trans there. So the last mm. few weeks is when that happens okay. uh, because I I did not start transitioning. I'm going to kind of back up the clock yes, a little bit. Right. But I started medically transitioning mm. this past April. Yeah. So my employer okay. is known since June. And then, you know, because of like, I'm not really in a, in a, in a workplace or a position where preferred names are a thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like everything has to be changed legally before we can yes. actually move forward yes, with yes. stuff. So. Because um, you're overlooked by bigger entities. Yeah, I sign legal contracts, yes, you know, yes. so mm-hmm. if my name wasn't actually Sheree, I couldn't. Yes. Sign that name. I understand. And then that would be very confusing for a lot of people to have two different names. So, um, so in my particular case, like, you know, my name had to be changed. My Mm -hmm. gender markers had to be changed Mm -hmm. everything else in order to get everything else updated uh, so that I could, you know, do business as myself. Yeah. Um, people always have to, uh, cultivate a little patience around that. Yeah. Yeah. When you finally get to that point where, oh, I want to change everything now. 
you have to wait because you have to go through those those extra Actually, steps. New Hampshire has been uh, exceedingly efficient. My oh, name great. change took less than two days. Oh, wow. Two so, days. Oh, yeah. that's the fastest I've ever heard of it. Yeah. Two days. So, um, yeah, super efficient here. Uh, they uh, basically, Up in Alaska, it, it can take you like a year or longer. I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, it was uh, it was a Saturday night actually in September um, when I was I was actually talking with somebody that uh, we've got a transgender Facebook group which mm. I think that you're aware of. Yeah, and um, so you know there's a lot of resources and support there. Mm-hmm. Somebody's always done something before it you is. have. That's a good that's a good group by the way. It is I've a- seen a lot of you know internet groups with trans people and sometimes they're a little bit contentious and and kind of awful sometimes but this one's a really good one yeah no yeah. people are supportive and helpful <clears throat> yeah. and um yeah i mean there's a real community with that i mm-hmm. do enjoy like i i go out and you know we hang out with some people sometimes and okay. get to know folks yeah and, you know there's some social aspects to it yeah. that are really really nice do you go out to dinner or something or yeah what um we so there's uh there's a really nice place like in manchester that's called boards and brews which is oh, a, okay. uh, it's basically a pub yeah and they've got these massive um, you know, wooden tables. Oh, and yes. So you can play board games. They've got oh, a massive board game library that's there. Great. Uh, so you pay a cover charge, you've got a table for three hours, and uh-huh. then they seem to be a little loose with it if you're ordering food and drinks and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fully functioning pub, that, but you go there and you play board games oh, while, you're, while you're there with your friends. Do they let you, uh, like, try the, um, the drinks or whatever before you buy them there? There's some places that do that. Like I don't pumps. think so. I don't okay. drink myself. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know, yeah. when I'm there, I just order like a Diet Coke. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's not really my thing. But, uh, I mean, other people have ordered drinks. I didn't see them like asking for a sample before okay. they got stuff. I used um, to go to a place that would give you little samples and yeah. that place was great. Yeah, I've had them say surprise me. I, I've seen that happen okay. before. And there's surprise some really me. weird stuff that comes back. <laughs> okay. Part, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes those places have like seasonal seasonal brews and they're just like different from whatever their right. main ones are yeah so um that's one of our things but um yeah. but yeah i mean so to get back on track you yeah. know through that group i was mm-hmm. you know talking with uh, an, an actual a trans man okay um who had gone through a name change but it was like nine years ago so okay. you know he was telling me yeah it's changed, yeah expect changes. that it's going to take a couple of months i mm-hmm. went onto the court website they said 45 days and i'm like all right well i should get on this so that I, you know hopefully my my plan was i would transition by like christmas right um so that Saturday night, I filed my petition online. I paid my fee. The judge got hold of it on Monday morning, signed off on immediately, and I was notified on Tuesday that my name wow. had been changed. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's um, the quickest well, I've it, ever heard it, of yeah, it happening. It's happened to a couple other people too. I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, I assume that they do like a background check and stuff yeah. like that. I did put right on the thing because it asks you why you're changing your name. Yeah. I'm like, I'm transgender. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but we, yeah, I guess we don't have like a publishing requirement like mm-hmm. they have in a lot of states yeah. where you got to put it in a newspaper. It has to go in a database. They just, right. if you're trans, they just change your name. For me, I had to uh, <clears throat> have a court date and I had to show up in court and, and say why. You know, I didn't have to publish anything in the particular state I was in. There were some trans women there, which was kind of exciting for me. Uh, so I wasn't the only person there who was, who was doing a, um, a gender name change. Um, which was great, but yeah, it's, it's it goes state by state. It's, yeah. it's everybody has their own rules, so yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. So that ended up being really quick, and then you know the rest of it, it was just you know dominoes falling in line. We're self ID in New Hampshire, so mm-hmm. you know driver's license got updated, and then I went to the Social Security office, and then I got my passport taken care of, and mm-hmm. so like just everything probably within like a week, um, got all that stuff taken care of, and then wow, within yeah. a week you got everything changed. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Social Security was actually the fastest of anybody. Oh, yeah. Into the, yeah. Uh, they recently changed their well. thing. You don't need a doctor's letter anymore mm. uh, for your gender change with Social Security. They, okay. Uh, you just need to have an ID that's already got it on it. So that's why driver's license first, Social Security. Yeah. And then, um, and then yeah, passport from there. Yeah, that's how I did it too. I I did drivers uh, or I did ID first, and then I did Social Security and bank stuff. You know, the bank is first place you want to go. Oh, my God. Some of the banks, like my banks were fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because I work at one, they were great. And then uh, another one that I used to work at. And then, you know, Mm. they were fine. Uh, The credit card companies have been the worst. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, faxing stuff in and then and then nothing happening and then having to call up like two or three Mm. times. And then you're talking to people and they don't know what you know, what's going on. You know, I've gotten. Oh, well, I know how to change a last name. But I don't know, I, I don't have the access to change somebody's first name. And it's like, okay, well, can you put me on the phone with somebody who can? Yes. And then it's, you're waiting on hold for a while. And then you yes. get somebody on and then they're like, well, we need you to fax this in or do that. 
Um, you know, like getting my mortgage updated. They wanted more yeah. than just IDs. They needed a social security card or a birth yeah. certificate. And yeah, I mean, it's... I've noticed it's really important to keep people on the phone to do that as well. Yes. Because if you ever hang up that phone, that's it. You have to call again and then you have to explain the whole thing again. And so it's really important to keep people on the phone and have them do the thing right then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So these have been things. So yeah, if you're trans and you haven't gone through this yet, just be aware like some yeah. people are going to be pains in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need a passport, that is actually a, a longer process in, in terms of ordering it. Mm -hmm. And you do have to uh, hand over your documents. You have to hand over all that stuff, the court order and your, yeah. you know, and it has to be the originals. It can't be just copies, which yeah. is kind of unnerving, you know, because it's all this really yeah. important stuff. Well, fortunately, with court orders, you can get extra copies of them. So okay. I got five. Um, there you go. So because I knew that there were going to be some places that were going to want to keep the yes. originals. Yeah. Um, Especially so. with the kind of work that you do and yeah. that sort of so thing. So with passports and stuff like that, yeah, they kept the original. I fortunately already had a passport before, so yeah. I had to skip on it, like birth certificate and stuff because they already have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was really just a passport update and renewal Okay. Um, yeah. that I had to go through. So that was relatively painless. Uh, yeah. And I had the passport within like three weeks. Yeah. Mine was in Alaska. So it took a lot longer. It has to go through Seattle, which is, or was it Seattle or San Francisco? I forget. But anyway, it's whatever the, the hub is that's in the lower 48. And so it just takes longer. Luckily, the woman in the post office was really cool to me though. And this was, you know, 20 years ago. And she didn't know anything, I don't think, about trans people, but she was super cool about it. She's just really professional. She was professional about it. She did her job, you know, which yeah. was to take my documents and bundle them up and send them to the government, basically, you yeah. know, to another branch of the government. Here in our town, we do it at the library. Yeah, great, great, so great. Um, so uh, going back to your being a trans person, um, we kind of uh, skipped a couple of decades there. Um, so after high school, uh, what was going on? So I went to college. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, that was an interesting experience. I went for theater. Okay. Because uh, mm -hmm. I was, originally I don't think I was going to go to college. And mm. then I ended up deciding, actually it was my senior year. I was, Why wouldn't you go to college? So curious. I just like, cause at first, I mean, my family dynamic is a little bit complicated mm. and my parents live very far apart. My dad passed away 20 years ago now. Okay. But, um, so, I mean, at the time, you know, I had, uh, my, my dad was like, Hey, you should come back down to like New Mexico and live with me. And, you know, I want to open up like this restaurant and stuff. And it sounded like a really good deal. Mm. What uh, part of New Mexico, by the way? Uh, in the Southern part, probably just, uh, like 10 miles from the Mexican border. Okay. So right. yeah, way, way down there. Yeah. yeah. A little place called Columbus. Uh, mm. at the time that I used to live there when I was a little kid, uh, there were probably about like 800 people there. Mm. I think last time I was there when he passed away. Uh, was in 2002, and there were probably about 1,500 people that lived there in yeah. a in a town that land area wise was probably about the size of Rhode Island. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so, that's how Alaska is too. It was about 20 miles north to south and about 60 east to west. Yeah, um, I mean, annex the village itself was was relatively small, but um, but to like Columbus yeah. is like a massive chunk of the of the lower part of um, of New Mexico. I so, understand. Um, you ever go through Hatch? Uh, possibly, but I don't remember. It's the it's the brightest green spot of uh new mexico it's where they grow the those beautiful peppers the hatch oh, no peppers kidding. yeah mm -hmm. all right yeah no never been there you just you dip down into this little valley and all of a sudden it's green it's like there are places like that yeah. in new mexico so yeah. Yeah. yeah i've been through some of them but yeah no you go from like desert to yes. like you've got white sands which is yes. like real desert yes then you've got like the scrub deserts yes. that are out there um and then know. suddenly you go into a valley and there's a spring or and, something and yeah. it's boom and there's like trees green. everywhere you're up in the yeah. rockies and there's pine trees yes. and, and trees with leaves and right. stuff um yeah we used to a couple of times i've been to a place mm. called gila cliff Oh. Uh, which is in a valley much like that. Mm. So, which doesn't, I mean, it looks completely different from much of the rest of New Mexico. Yeah. It's a very diverse, it is um, very diverse. ecological area. Yeah. So. I'm actually headed there uh, after this, after I uh, head towards Boston again for another medical appointment. I've been here in New England longer uh, rather than going to the Midwest and, and sorry, excuse me, and the West Coast um, to continue my uh, project because I needed some health care. So I have one more medical appointment there, and then I'm heading towards Texas and New Mexico mm -hmm. for the winter. You know. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be in the snow with uh, in my car with my dog. 
There you go. Yeah, we're gonna camp out. It's not a uh, it's not a bad place in the winter. Yeah. Like at night, it does get really cold. But, I don't uh, mind. But by the morning, it does warm up quite. Yeah, a bit. yeah, that's better than six feet of snow and buried and all that. So yeah, where I lived uh, there, we would get snow sometimes, but by ten o'clock, it was yeah. completely gone. Yeah, so. just little. Yeah, 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 a little totally, dusting, totally. and they shut everything down for it. Oh yes, they do that with Seattle too. Like uh, I lived in Seattle, and you know they have a lot of rain, which is just annoying. It's just like a, a little piddly little rain. But then every once in a while, we'll get cold enough so that they get a little snow, and everybody just freaks out. They totally freak out. You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, not in New England. No, no, no. They they never shut anything down in Alaska. They're like, no way. I mean, maybe with this typhoon they did, but, you know, right. other than that, no, nothing gets shut down. Negative 50, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So back to being trans. So you're in college and mm-hmm. you're um, yeah, in I theater. Was, yeah. I was, yeah, I was doing theater. Something I picked up my senior year of high school. I had delusions yeah. in my head that I was going to, you know, go into theater and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so honestly, it was just a way to get into college and do yeah. something that I thought would be fun. Sure. Uh, I didn't want to like, you know, smash my face into a place, plate glass window doing like accounting or, mm. you know, some kind of a science thing or whatever. I thought theater would be really fun. Uh, mm-hmm. The reality of the situation that it is a lot of work, but it's very fun work. So, yeah. um, you know, I like to think like when I did my senior project, I probably spent 200 hours on it. My goodness. But it was 200 very fun hours. Like, Were you I, writing a play or something? No, or? I just directed a Shakespeare. It was in Midsummer okay. Night's Dream. Okay. Um, so. So, just yeah. directed Shakespeare. That's it. Just just directed Shakespeare. So, uh, well, the nice thing about Shakespeare is that you know there's a lot of things with that that are open to interpretation. Yes. So, yeah. Um, you know, you can get kind of creative with it. That that's you, true. You can't do that with a lot of other plays because yeah. you know the rights are still out there and that's the, true. You know the playwrights and the and the companies that hold the rights to them and stuff. Yes. You have to do things in a certain way. Yes. Uh, with Shakespeare, you can do really whatever you want. Yes. And I love some of the campy elements in Shakespeare as well. You can yeah. really have some fun with that. There's some great there's some great material in there and yeah. uh and yeah so i ended up doing that for my senior project mm-hmm. it was myself and there were other people that did that used that play as part of their senior yeah. project as well mm-hmm. so like the lighting designer oh great uh, was great. you know that was her senior project right yeah. the mm-hmm. the set designer that yeah. was his senior project mm-hmm. uh so there were four or five of us that it was our senior project right. that we just kind of all did it together it mm-hmm. was you know i was Costumer. like i want to uh no the costumer was a uh was a junior so okay. she was not in there but um, but yeah, I mean, for a couple of the actors, it was also theirs, but, Great. uh, what it came down to is that I was like, you know, Hey, I want to do a Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, word got around and then everybody was like, wait a second, we could all just yeah. like lump all of our projects into this one thing. So we all got judged on different stuff. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, it was, there were 50 of us total involved in the whole production, which was, and it was an incredible experience, uh, for that. And, uh, and yeah, that was just, that was just amazing. But all through college, like that whole experience of doing that. Um, so you did several plays like that? Uh, I didn't direct several plays. Okay. I was Before I got to my senior project, I would be like an assistant director. I okay. acted in some stuff. Um, okay. I've been in musicals. I've been in regular plays. I've okay. had bit parts. I've had larger parts. I mean, I've done everything. And plays where I wasn't acting, I did sound design mm. or I helped with lighting. What is and, sound design? What is that? So, I mean, well, sound design is when you're in a play, there's two elements to it. Number one, uh, with like larger theaters or larger spaces where the acoustics aren't really that great, the sound designer will, will, you know, fix microphones up in certain strategic locations. Sure. You know, so if there's a part of the stage where we absolutely want to make sure that we hear something going on, but the acoustics aren't right, that it really can get out to the audience. So we might put like a microphone, you know, somewhere on like a, on like a foam pad that will pick up that, that we can then pipe that into, into the audience. So that might be one thing that a sound designer does. Mm. Um, And then you have like like a board that brings that up. Yeah, so you've got a soundboard mm-hmm. that's involved with that. Um, and there's also going to be sound cues sometimes, right? Okay. If you're in a play, let's say that there's a thunderstorm or mm-hmm. something. Well, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's going to get the sound of thunder because yes. you're not actually going to make a thunderstorm right. in the theater. Right. So right. your sound designer will make sure Bang that... garbage lids. <laughs> right. So, you know, just like, you know, the lighting board operator is definitely the busier person yes. between the two in almost any show. Mm. Uh, but the sound operator is still there to make sure that the sound levels are there and that the sound cues when the stage manager calls them out. Yeah. Um, you know, you're there to make sure that that stuff gets executed. And, you know, if you're the designer, which a lot of, I mean, when you're doing it in college, like we don't have a separate person for the board and to design. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're doing everything oh, with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Small productions, that. that's usually the case, yeah. right? You know, still trans even back then. Um, you know, at the time, I grew my hair out long. Uh-huh. I used to wear it back in a bandana with some hanging out the front. Um, like I would have friends come up to me and they'd be like, uh, like my 
friend Chad, who I got in that debate with, you know, on that assignment in class, sure. you know, came up to me one day and he was like, um, he's like, you do realize you're queer, right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, my gosh. And I was like, I was like what, me? No, come no. on. No way. Right? Because I wasn't attracted to guys. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah that, that label doesn't really fit a lot of people. Some people don't come up through the queer community either. I did. But there are plenty of people who don't. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I was always flattered, but... Yeah. Um, it's not but, like you're like, no, 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 I, I hate queerness no, or whatever. No, it's it was just like, not you. Right. I was just yeah. like, I was like, come on, really? You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, yeah. but the thing was, and people would be like, you know, well, you know, there's the way you do your hair and stuff and the way they act sometimes mm. and stuff. And I'm like, all right, you don't even have to pretend like I'm the queerest person that's in this place. Mm. You know, <laughs> like I'm working in a theater, like there's plenty right. of... Like I was, I didn't even feel like I really deserved to be on the radar that much. But, you know, looking back on it, like certainly, you know, there was, I was definitely not, not queer. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, I used to, I used to love that. That was a great experience. It was a ton Mm -hmm. of fun. I did theater for a number of years after I got out of college. Uh, Community theater Mm -hmm. though. I determined pretty quickly that like New York and, you know, that whole thing was not, was not my place. I had no desire to. It's so competitive and yeah. No, I had no desire to go to like California or anything like that. But there's plenty of theater. I mean, even here in New Hampshire, there's plenty of theater to be had. Do you still do it? Uh, Not since I had kids, no. Oh, okay. Kids, yes. That's that's the whole project right there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, over the years I've done, I've had all kinds of, you know, different things that I've jumped in on. I did a radio show for a uh, um, an online radio station called Eve Online for nine years. Okay. Um, so, what was that about? So, well, Eve Online is a it's a video game that I don't play anymore. But um, you know, it's they call it Internet Spaceships. I mean, you can look it up. It's okay. Um, but yeah, it's a bunch of you know Internet space nerds that you know jump into spaceships and shoot each other, and you know okay. they build things, and it's it's a very complex game. Mm. Um, so it's a that, game that you play online with yeah, other people. With other okay. people, it's a massively multiplayer online game. Okay. Um, you know, came out I think a little bit before World of Warcraft came out. It was like two thousand three. Okay. And it's still running today, although in my opinion, it's not as good as it used to be, which is okay. probably why I don't pay it, play it anymore. Um, but did yeah. it get, did it get kind of stuck in a? Well, I mean, it's just over time. You know, the original yeah. developers start to filter out, right. and people come in, and then right, they right. want to change up a bunch of things. And um, so, yeah, I did that for nine years, and then yeah. you know, from there, I just I started getting into other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, other kinds of games, or just. Yeah, I, well, so, and this is the thing, like, before I came to terms with being trans, like, video yeah. games was a huge escape yes. for me. I've uh, heard that a lot from trans people. Yeah. You know, different kinds of games, too, like, um, board games, uh, pinball, uh, you know, um, computer games, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for me, like, that was a, that was a huge thing. I yeah. was big into video games for a long time, a lot less so now. I still play games, you know, from yeah. time to time. I might, you yeah. know, get on for a half an hour here or there, a couple hours on a weekend yeah. or something. Um, but it's become a much lower part of my life oh, now yes. because I'm not coping anymore. Yes. Well, also, it sounds like, um, see, I've never been involved in any of that, mm-hmm. any of that kind of community. But it's, I mean, it does sound like a community, like it's a social outlet for a lot of people. Yeah. Gaming is. Uh, I mean, for a person that was, you know, dealing with gen- gender dysphoria and not yeah. fully realizing what that was, yeah. not wanting to go out, not being able to look at myself in a mirror. Yeah. Um, you know, being online where it's just, you know, you're on voice communications with yes. people. Nobody's looking at you. Right. And right. Um, it doesn't matter, like, how you're dressed and stuff like that. Yeah. I, mean, I think of COVID as kind of having a peak and now we're kind of... A lot of trans people came out during COVID. Yeah, we're kind of on the other side of that. Right. Now, what happened in in that time period that you think has... um, All of it. You know, crack the eggs. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even know how to say it. Has allowed people to understand themselves better and then come out, I guess. Yeah, so, um, I mean, so part of it is... um, Gosh, I mean, if I... Like, my, my coming out situation was... Um, basically it probably starts in December, which was, okay. is when my birthday is Sure. and, um, blowing out the candles on my cake and wishing probably for like the dozenth time that, uh, that I could just be a girl. Okay. And, um, again, Hey, there were no signs, right. As we say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, still, even at that point did not, you know, fully accept that I was trans or even mm. really fully know it. It was just like one of those things at that point in time, I thought that everybody, question their gender sometimes i thought that everybody at least sometimes must wish that they were the opposite Mm. that they were the opposite gender um 
And in January, when I found out that that wasn't the case, that's when it like absolutely shattered me. Hmm. Um, and was, how did you find that out? I was reading some stuff case. online. Like I, I started, okay. I started really questioning uh, come January. Okay. That I'm like, okay, you know what? Like I, I, I think about this stuff an awful lot. Had I'm, you been around any trans women or trans men? Before? I've met one that one. I know of in my life back a very long time ago. Uh, I was in a sales position, and I had run into a somebody who was a mm. trans woman who mm. was very obviously trans um who was you know buying a product and i had mm -hmm. spoken with her and, and things like that i remember yeah. you know seeing her driver's license and her name was amy but her driver's license still said that she was male mm. um i mean there was so there was there was a lot to that and um i remember just thinking like how incredibly brave she must be mm. uh to be able to do that like i could never so that really I never do anything that really like that. stuck with you. But that's something like. I mean that was that must have been 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And again, didn't you could have asked me the next day are you trans? I'm like no, I'm definitely not like her. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have the guts to mm -hmm. do something like that. Like would I would I if I thought that I could have done it and like gotten away with it or whatever? Like ah, mm. I would have, but again, didn't realize that that was what trans was. And okay. so like after, like this past January, I started really questioning. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about this an awful lot. So I go online and I start, you know, reading um, like blogs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I came across this one blog. Uh, it was called Curvy and Trans. It's written mm. by um, Jocelyn Badgley. She's the know. one that, if you've ever heard of the Gender Dysphoria Bible? Nope. Really? Okay. So, well, she wrote that. And uh, so this was the blog that she had before mm -hmm. the Gender Dysphoria mm -hmm. Bible came out. Sometimes um, cultural stuff between trans men and trans women is very different. Mm. Yeah. And well, the that particular, the Gender Dysphoria Bible mm -hmm. does cover both. Okay. So. Also, um, I was kind of cloistered uh, in my cabin in Alaska for a while. Gotcha. And, <laughs> and then I, before that, I was at Harvard. So I was kind of cloistered there and just doing that. So in some ways... What's happened in the trans community has kind of passed me by. Gotcha. So I'm sometimes surprised at what ha has happened. I'm even surprised at some of the bigotry, too, like that's out there. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that some of this stuff was happening. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I came across that. And that was when okay. when I was reading through. And and it was mentioned that, that cisgendered people don't really question their genders. Yeah, I don't know about that. But so, well, <laughs> I think gender's probably every... not to the extent that I was. No, not to the extent that trans people do, but I think that gender I mean, that's why it's such a contentious topic and that's mm -hmm. why people perform hypermasculinity and hyperfemininity and they get the pumped up trucks and they, you know, do glitter, <laughs> glitter, glitter. I mean, it's I think everybody it's everybody's issue. I, I don't think Maybe. that it's just trans people's issue. I think that, and, and this is totally anecdotal, but when yeah. I've talked with cis people, because I, I had to sure. confirm this, sure, and sure. Um, and I also have two trans cousins sure, um, who came out before I did, but, um, and we've talked about it as well, mm -hmm. where they've gone and they've asked like their cis friends. And yeah, like, you know, when I was speaking with, um, with, you know, my partner and, you know, I'm like, I'm like, do you ever question it? She's like, no. Mm -hmm. Right. She mm -hmm. wakes up in the morning. She just knows that she's a woman and sure. she does, you know, her, mm -hmm. you know, woman stuff mm -hmm. and she doesn't give a second thought to it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> so, so well, that's, that's because it's, it's considered the norm of society. Right. Yeah. And that's where but it is. I do think that, that cisgendered people do think about their, their gender. I do think. Sure. They if they could switch it for a day or something like I've heard some people admit to that yeah yeah I think over time it changes too like being a girl versus being a woman versus being an sure. elderly woman those are very different experiences of life and you know it may be the same gender but it's different gender expression there I think Right. So, I mean, yeah, I guess with gender expression, but at the same time, mm. you know, like whether, you know, you're a girl or a woman or an older woman, mm -hmm. like, you know, still recognize that you're on the female side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, when, you know, I thought back to all of the time that I've spent questioning that all of the time yeah. that I had spent, you know, throughout my life, you know, going to bed and wishing, you know, that I could just wake up as the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And also um, we have the, the culture around us that reinforces uh, who we are right and for a trans per person it's in opposition right yeah yeah so there is that and mm -hmm. so yeah it was coming to terms with with that piece yeah and um and then yeah i just had that moment where like i stopped reading i was probably three days into reading like all kinds of blogs and okay. stuff like that and i stopped any other, and, any other ones that you can recommend by the way that you think are uh, i good? spent a lot of time on trans reddit okay 
Uh, and there were a lot of like stories on there of, you know, people, um, there's some very trans supportive reddits that are out there mm. that are heavily moderated okay. to keep, you know, like transphobia out of them and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so Cause it's kind of scary just going on the internet. There's all kinds yeah. of stuff on there, you know? Yeah. Some of it so is I bad. found that Reddit's been, been yeah. a relatively positive experience yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and those the, heavily moderated spaces, right. The heavily yeah. moderated spaces. Yeah. So there's, you know, trans and there's transgender and there's, you know, yeah. MTF and yeah. I mean, you know, on your side there's FTM. Right. Um, so there's a lot of really affirming, you know, yeah. trans spaces in there and you can go in there and you don't even really have to type anything cause it's open. Anybody can read it. And, um, just reading other people's stories and there's, right. there's tons of stuff on there of people as they're, you know, coming out and, you know, coming to realize the situations that they might've had with their yeah. significant others and stuff like that, which, you know, as a person that was just coming to terms with, with being transgender and realizing like, holy crap, this is me. Yeah. And, um, like it was really helpful for me to see like what other people were going through, the things that they were dealing with and how they handled it. What would you say uh, to other people um, who might be searching this sort of thing? What's a good idea to avoid if you're looking on the internet about trans people? Twitter. Twitter. Okay, yes, I agree. There's a lot of hatred on Twitter. Uh, yes. There's some you... good stuff on Twitter too, but you yeah. just have to be really careful because on Twitter, anybody can interact with anybody. That's right. Um, with the new Elon Musk thing yeah. coming, they were very they were very strict on a lot of the slurs and stuff that were used against us. Yeah. All of that, to my understanding, has been lifted now. Like, So people aren't getting suspended for calling us groomers anymore, and so it's, yeah. it's a little bit more wild westy. I, I think that they, they got tough with the groomers thing, but... Um, I've, I've, I've had people threaten me on Twitter and Twitter doesn't do anything about no, it. It's... They do nothing. Uh, and yeah, and there's accounts on there that spread, um, misinformation, yeah. which is known as a lie. Yes. We call it misinformation. It's, it's euphemistic. It's a mm -hmm. lie. They spread lies mm -hmm. about trans people. It's very harmful. They encourage terrorism against trans people and yeah. they still have accounts and they still have all yeah, these tweets no, up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, and don't get me wrong, like I am on Twitter. I have yeah. a number of friends, like two of my best friends are also on Twitter. That's sure. how I met them. And we, sure. you know, sit down and we talk an awful lot now, sure. and, um, which is, which is great. But yeah, I mean, my block list has thousands of accounts oh, on it. Oh, I understand. And, so, so what else would you avoid on the internet? Because there's a lot of sensationalistic content out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I just I try not to get involved with a lot of stuff. Like okay. I'm I'm peripherally aware of J.K. Rowling and the and the stuff yes. that she spouts, right. um, and you know the gender critical movement, which yeah. is really big right now in the UK. Right. And I've got a lot of friends out there that are dealing with that stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm aware of those things. Uh, generally, I mean, don't engage yeah. with like because there's people out there, you know, they're like the what is a woman crowd and, and yeah. everything else. The answer to that, by the way, is anybody she wants to be. That's right. But. Um, <laughs> That's right. But they're like, it's, you know, that crowd out there, they're not interested in having a debate or whatever. No. They're just in there to, you know, uh, my experience with people in real life um, are generally nice and yeah. don't uh, go out of their way to be absolute jerks. Even right. if they're feeling that way, they'll keep it quiet. Yeah. You know, they don't say the quiet parts out loud, but or maybe on the internet, maybe they're ignorant. Right. You know, or they're ignorant to it fine. or whatever. That's, that's yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, but I will say like in my personal life, like in real life, going out, if I go to the grocery store or to the mall or if I'm at work or anything yeah. like that, I have not experienced any transphobia yes. from any person. Oh. You know, part of that is wonderful. Um, I mean, I don't know how many people, you know, realize that I'm trans just you right. know, passing by sure. or in a short interaction or something like that. I think that, you know, a lot of people just, you know, don't think one way or the other. Yeah. And um, which is, you know, perfectly fine. The people that do know are generally very nice to me and accepting mm -hmm. uh, even people that I thought in no way ever would have been um but yeah i think that you know when you're face to face with somebody they're a lot less likely to be a jerk to you than somebody who's yes. got like a monitor and a keyboard between the two of you right right you know where they feel like they can be brave because they're you know i think about you know all the trans people that i really look it's up definitely to definitely not bravery <laughs> right but i think about like you know my twitter has my picture on it sure, sure. right and like you know it's got my actual first name is, sure. is on there as well and you know a lot of my friends and the other trans people that i interact with we're all the same and then the people that are harassing us you know, they don't have a profile picture or it's a soccer field or it's a cartoon character or something like that. Sure. And, their, and their names are always some weird, yeah. you know, thing that's out there. And you the know, ones that get me, there are the ones that have like 13 followers or something. Oh, all the time. You know, it's like because well, oh. they, they get blocked and then they you know yes. open a new account or yes. whatever the case is. Or maybe they're right. a bot. I don't know. But it's yeah, a, no, it's always that. It, yeah, I consider Twitter just an, a, a portal for abuse, basically. Is That's what I call it. Yeah. 
Like I said, if you interact with careful. people and then you're just very quick to not interact with and just block out the people yes. that attempt to harass you. Yeah, because uh, that's all they're on there yeah. for. They don't, they're not really debating these issues. They're just there to abuse you. That's it. They're there to hurt you, to harm you in some way. Yeah. They don't care about the issues no. themselves. They just want to hurt you. So that's it. And then when somebody does do something like that, first, yeah. don't take it personal, right? Because they're just a jerk. And uh, my honest belief is that, you know, in order, like, because I try to think of it, like, what would it take for me to want to spend a significant amount of time online just trying to abuse random strangers, you know, because they're yeah. transgender or, you know, something that I disagree with. Like, do I have better things to do? And, and yeah, yes, yes, I really do. Yeah. So it's I, just not worth it. Like maybe you're just your a, time. Right. So maybe you're just a miserable person. And that yeah. that's one of the ways that you yeah. maybe make yourself feel better is to drag other people down or yeah. try to. I, I see that there's some pretty good activism on the Internet, like mm-hmm. people um, post things that are going on, you know, legislative stuff or stuff from the UK, which is really yeah. a bad situation going on there or. You know, they tell us about, um, you know, these groups like that are doing terrorism and and whatnot. But when we're just interacting with transphobes or homophobes or whatever, that really isn't activism. No. Okay. All it does is it eats you up. It wastes your time. Mm -hmm. It stresses you out. It nobody. You're never going to bring a person around. Yeah. You're not going to bring anybody around. And. Nobody's going to see it. Only you are seeing it. Right. A lot of those conversations are suppressed because it's um, BS. Inflammatory. It's and, inflammatory. Yeah. It's BS. It's 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 hidden usually. Nobody sees yeah. that stuff. So just cut it off. It, it has it has nothing to do with you yourself and your ego. Just cut it off. Cut it off. So cut I off agree. All that, those conversations. It's just, yeah. I mean, I say this, and you probably say this after having get, gotten into many of these discussions. But, you know, at a certain point, you just learn that push that block button. Push, the, just push the mute right button. Right to the block because you'll boom, never get that boom, time back. Boom, No, you and, never get and it, and it's And it is wasted time. Yeah, and then go into your community and talk to some church people about starting a transition closet or something at their church. Go and form a peer-to-peer support group. Yeah. Go accompany somebody, somebody to their medical appointment, you know, that sort of no, thing. That's it. And yeah. I mean, yeah, for my part, um, I mean, the thing that I've picked up so that I could, you know, kind of contribute a little bit back yeah. to the community yeah. is I'm the New Hampshire ambassador for LGBT outdoors. There you go. There you go. Uh, so there and you that go. came about. Um, so my uh, is LGBT outdoors, is that like a national thing? It is a 501c3 nonprofit okay. uh, national. Okay. That's um, our mission is to connect the LGBTQIA plus uh, community to the Great. outdoors um, because it is a space where we tend to be underrepresented. Yes. I think a lot of people, um, I mean, you know, you think about, uh, you know, I think about just women in general around here, you know, or really anywhere, you know, yep. going out you know, walking in a place where there's not a lot of people, right. you know, especially like in the later afternoon or something like that. Like even for myself, if I see a man coming from the other direction, like I get a little bit nervous because yeah. I don't know if that's a safe person or not.